What's up, guys? The Blue Buds are back. We are here after a ridiculous conference championship weekend. We have so much to cover, and we're going to start with pick six where you know we don't we don't even do six games anymore we gotta we gotta figure out what we're gonna do with that we're previewing all the conference champions championships this weekend recapping what happened who won what it means and then of course we're gonna wrap the show up our college football playoff reaction and our early early way too early thoughts on bowl game previews we're gonna tell you which bowl games to look out for why cincinnati should just wrap it up. That they don't even have a chance anymore. Why AM should be mad. How did Notre Dame sneak into the fourth spot? We're gonna break it all down here, guys. We have a full show today, so let's go ahead and kick it off. start with the game you know coastal carolina losing lafayette got canceled we're going to start with the game we're not going to spend a lot of time on it brandon but i just want to talk about one team in the game and that's san jose state boise state for the mountain west championship in which san jose took the mountain west 34 20 and brandon i only picked this game to, to cover real quick because san jose state was one and 11 two years ago and they were five and seven last year they just completed an undefeated season. They are ranked, and they get the conference championship over a historically great team from their conference. I mean, what can you say about the San Jose State program, their coaches, their players? Like, how did this happen? And for me, do, it is for me, but do you think this could be just like the underdog story of the year right here? It definitely could be. And, you know, I'm glad you pointed out they were 1-11. What was it, two seasons ago? Yeah, because 2017. <laughs> because San Jose State has always been one of those schools where I don't know if anybody who's listening can really relate to this. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you went to, like, the most prestigious high school in the world. But, like, I know when Zach and I were in school, this was, like, one of those schools where they they just be handing out scholarships to anybody. Like, that like that second-string kid on your high school football team, like, he got a, he got a scholarship to San Jose State. And so, like, that, that, that's always how I knew them. I always knew them as just an awful football team. It was like, hey, you can go, you can go play at Troy or you can go play at San Jose State. Take your choice. Um, and, yeah, I mean, San Jose State, it just to me, it seemed like they've always been an awful team. And so, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is why Zach wants to talk about this one because he just kind of wanted to flex that we were both right on this pick. We both picked – oh, I don't even know if we posted that, but we did. We, yeah, we did. talked about it. Did yeah, we? yeah, we, we we posted San Jose State. I think the only one that got left out, we left out Coastal Carolina because they got canceled. I think we left out the Ball State game just because of – I forgot why we left it out, but we did. But that's the only other one. But we hit this pick on the mark. We also missed the UAB game. I don't know how two kids from Alabama didn't pick UAB, but we looked real stupid on that one. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, but Marshall tricked me is what happened. Yeah, yeah, Marshall apparently not very good. But, I mean, Brandon, you look at the tight – I'm not going to say recruits. I mean, it was a transfer, but they got Nick Starkwell. I mean, this was a kid that A&M thought was the future of their program. He comes in. He throws for 450 yards and three touchdowns this weekend. 
The defense holds Boise State to under 225 yards. They dominate the time of possession. They have no turnovers, and they play almost a flawless game. And, you know, you look at Boise State, they one of their touchdowns came from a, came from a punt return, which, you know, this game could have got real, real out of hand if it wasn't for that. And for me, you know, we put San Jose's coach, coach on the hot seat. To start yeah. the season, he was on one of our hot seat watches because this program was that bad, and they pull it out of nowhere. And I know San Jose State has never came up on this podcast other than that hot seat segment, but I felt like well, we had to give them a shout-out, man. This is a story that I feel like average college football fans look completely over due to teams like Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, Lafayette. There's a team out in California who didn't think they were going to play football this year because of California's laws. They come out with their – I think this is their first ever undefeated season and first ever Mountain West title. That's – amazing and i think this is this this is one of my favorite stories of the year right here and look this is just another testament i know this is kind of off subject but this is a testament to how how bad the pac-12 messed up because san jose state is 7-0 they played seven football games this season that's more than any pac-12 school um and i believe that san jose is in the county in the same county as uh uh, where where do the 49ers play and um Anyway, they're they're in that county. They're not actually in San Francisco, and yeah. that's they shut down any kind of sporting events. Like that's why the Niners are playing in Arizona right now, and San Jose State still found a way, and they still played seven games, and they went undefeated this season. And I I don't know what they I think they're like nineteenth now in the rankings, and yeah. that that should be a crime. That should be a crime to only have them in nineteenth. That that's that's an amazing story though, man. That is that is such an amazing story. But you know, you mentioned the Pac-12, so let's go ahead and move to the first game that we covered on the preview episode of the Conference Championship Weekend. And Brandon, it's going to be a tough one for you to talk about, isn't it? This one's going to be you're going to have to indict your man on this one. The yeah. Oregon Ducks take the Pac-12 championship for the second straight year. Brandon, they finish the season four and two, but they're champions. They get into a New Year's Six Bowl. They beat the USC Trojans 31-24. And, Brandon, it was all really on the back of three turnovers that they forced by Keaton Slovis. Yeah, and it was like – it was never even like a shot for USC. Like, even though you look and you say, hey, that's a one-touchdown game, they were never in this game. I mean, they just – they simply were not in this game. I mean, for a Friday night Pac-12 matchup, I was tuned in. And Oregon, I mean, just took the took the uh, driver's seat and never left it in this one. I mean, they jumped out to a 14-0 lead halfway through the first quarter. And, like, to me, you know, you know that feeling when you're watching a football game, you're like, oh, well, this team's still in it. I never felt like USC was in this game, except for, like, the first five minutes, maybe. Yeah, maybe the first five minutes. I mean, listen, the offense for Oregon, atrocious. Let's just, let's just be honest here. I mean, well, they put up 243 yards. They had a turnover. Tyler Shaw was not really that good. Uh, they couldn't really establish a run game. But that defense, man, Mario Cristobal and that staff have to be ecstatic with how that team played. I mean, and listen, Brandon, this, is, this won't come as a surprise to you because I've mentioned this kid on the podcast before. But Kayvon Thibodeau needs his respect. Yeah, he does. That kid played the game of the year. He's only credited with one sack, Brandon. But they credited they credit Pro Football Focus credited him with twelve quarterback hurries. That's insane. That's the most, and I think it's ever been in a game. And 
for me, Brandon, I know we only had one sack on paper, but man, that kid was all over the field. And I mean, this is one of the, he was what, one of the top five recruits in the country coming out of high school. Yeah, I believe so. And he finally lived up to it. And for me, Brandon, that defense that we saw Friday night was the defense that I think I saw. And I think even you saw when we were talking about Oregon competing for a playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's, and I, I almost wanted to make like a big deal out of Oregon making a New Year's Six Bowl, but I'm not going to because, I mean, obviously, who else are you going to put in there from the Pac 12? Like, like it, it just, I mean, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what else to say other than, I mean, this was a great game for Oregon, obviously. We all knew, I mean, going to this game that USC, even though they were undefeated, was like they weren't, they just were not a very good team. I mean, they haven't played well all year. Uh, Keaton it has been the real bright spot, and he – I'm not going to say he got shut down, but with the amount of with the amount of uh, passes, the amount of attempts that he had, I mean, he threw 52 passes. You should be throwing for more than 320 yards if you're passing the ball 52 times. A thousand percent. And that run game finally hurt him, man. Yeah, it did. That run game finally really, really hurt them. And, Brandon, I told you before – I told you in the preview, so I'm going to brag a little bit here – I said if Keaton had to throw it 50 times, they were going to lose this game. Right. And I just thought that secondary was too good. And, you know, you look at this Oregon team, Brandon, what could have been with all those opt-outs? I mean, they won the Pac-12 championship. They beat USC, who was undefeated, highly ranked. They were 13th in the country. They beat them without Javon Holland. They beat them They beat them without um, well, C.J. Verdell this weekend. They had, they had no Panay Sewell. They had – they had so many opt-outs. I mean, I think they had, what, seven, eight opt-outs that all were future draft picks, and they still got to their goal, which was the Pac-12 championship. What could have been for this team is what I am screaming. And Tyler Shaw has got a year, got, what, six games under his belt. He's a he's a Pac-12 champion now. Anthony Brown looks spectacular. I think the future is really, really bright up there in Eugene. And they have the number six recruiting class in the country right now for this next cycle. I think Mario Cristobal and these Oregon Ducks are a team to watch next season. I think so too. And I think that this is one of those teams that was hurt. I mean, th- there's a handful of teams that you just know were hurt more than other teams by opt-outs and by, by a coronavirus season. And I think, percent. I feel like, I feel like Oregon's definitely up there. Um, you can ask any college football fan. They're going to tell you. Oregon's <laughs> up there. And, and so, I mean, they, they lost arguably the best player in the country. So, I mean, take that as you will. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in Kristen Ball, didn't he just sign an extension with Oregon? So, I mean, yep. not, not to another, break another five years. Yeah, not, not to break uh, any Auburn fans' hearts out there, but he did. And so, this, this Oregon team has a lot to look forward to. It's okay. I, I don't, you, thanks for giving me some, a little bit of depression there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, or USC opted out of a bowl game, as all y'all know, so they're done for the season. Oregon will go on to play Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl, and that's that. That I'm so interested in that game. That game is going to be really, really good, and I cannot wait for that one. So we might address that one later. But Brandon, we got to move on. Last night, arguably, maybe even the game of the weekend, we had Cincinnati Tulsa in the AAC championship game, and Cincinnati Brandon. Pulled it out another close win, 27-24 over the Golden Hurricanes. And what can you say? The Bearcats completed it, Brandon, 9-0 in their 2020 season. Another stub from the playoffs. But I don't think you can hang your head at this season at all. 
I don't think you can either. I think that if you're Cincinnati, you gotta be pretty, you gotta be pretty upset right now. Um, I understand, you know, I, I was watching the, uh, the playoff selection show this morning, as I'm sure <laughs> if you listen to this show, you were definitely watching that. And so yes. like, I mean, you heard, we all heard the report that Cincinnati, like they were being realistic about this. They weren't necessarily expecting to get into the playoff, um, but I was at least expecting them to get in the top six. I mean, I know we're going to talk about it later, but dear Lord, how do you, I don't understand how teams just magically jump. It's like whoever's at the top of the big 12 just magically moves to that sixth spot. But I'll get into mm-hmm. that later. Cincinnati. I mean, this is, what is it? This has been an incredible season. And we talked about it in the preview. Tulsa is a very good football team. I mean, I kind of expected this sort of game. I know that I had Cincinnati winning by a little more, I think. Um, but I mean, it, you know, the rain was a giant factor in this one. Um, and Tulsa's not like a scrub team. I mean, they made their conference championship game. They have two losses, but those losses are to Oklahoma State and now Cincinnati. <laughs> so, both like, on the road. Yeah, both on the road. And, and in like ridiculous, like, scenario, like uh, the Oklahoma State game was just ridiculous because it was like a highly touted Oklahoma State team in like week one of the season. And this one, they're playing Cincinnati, who Zach thinks has an elite defense. I'm not going to get into that today. Um, but also just like in a monsoon, and it's like 20 degrees. So uh, great showing by both teams here. Uh, I mean, obviously Cincinnati, the team that we both thought was better, came out victorious. Do they really get rewarded for it? Not necessarily. I don't think so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they pulled out a really, really good game. If you didn't watch this game, I'm sorry. Go back and find it on YouTube. This game is one – worth watching i mean the thing i want to give credit first i cannot believe how well tulsa ran the ball this weekend yeah not me either i mean this cincinnati team shut down everybody on the ground and Corey taylor had 102 yards rushing i believe this is the first 100 yard rusher the bearcats defense has uh, allowed and 102 yards a touchdown as a team they rushed for 166 4.5 yards per carry and two touchdowns it was it was a clinic on the ground, but the problem was Zach Smith couldn't be consistent through the air, Brandon. I think that was – if you look at the QB battle, both of us would have told you Desmond Ritter was the better quarterback here, and I think he was. I mean, Ritter on the ground, Brandon, 83 yards rushing, a touchdown. He had almost 300 through the air, another touchdown. I if I, I believe he's coming back. I would assume he is. Even though yeah. he's a junior, I would believe he's coming back. This kid is going to be someone to watch next oh, year. Absolutely. Two, th- three years under his belt, and this kid is going to be a problem. Jerome Ford finally established himself at the, as the top running back. I've been waiting for that. A transfer from Alabama. The kid's hyper-athletic. He's physical. He's fast. He had a touchdown last night, 57 yards rushing. I am looking forward this. I think the Cincinnati team, Brandon, is a candidate to go undefeated again. Yeah, I, I can definitely see it, especially when. Well, never mind. I won't say. I won't say when we saw the performance of other teams in the AAC this season. I think that we can kind of write <laughs> this season off, and we're almost done, guys. We're almost done, and then we'll all look back at 2020 and laugh. Maybe. Um, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> until, yeah. Until that clock on January 1st like goes to 12:01 again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> January 1st, 2020 again. Oh man. Uh oh. <laughs> It, so it's a bad look, but I mean, this defense, man, you can't say enough for Cincinnati. I know Brandon's not going to say they're a lead. I know everyone's going to be like, why are you so high on them? I mean, 
who held a decent Tulsa team to under three under 335. They held them under 200 yards passing and rushing, Brandon. They forced two turnovers. They helped their offense win the possession battle. They held Tulsa to six for 13 on third downs. I, I think this defense was the star of the season for Cincinnati, and I think a lot of the people are going to come back. They want to play for Luke Fickle, and I don't think enough can be said for the job he's done it with this program. No, I mean, absolutely not. And, and the way that he is compared, I don't, I don't guess I've ever heard him speak before yesterday um, on college game day, but, I mean, this guy, like, he, he some, some Power 5 program is going to be very, very lucky to get him. Um, Auburn. <laughs> Auburn, they they interview him. him. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Auburn's, Auburn's apparently gunning for Clemson coaches, so. Yeah, uh, Tony Elliott declined his interview, and they're supposedly they're interviewing Venables, Sarkeesian, um, Napier from Louisiana Lafayette, and um, Kevin Steele right now. Okay, I mean, go ahead and sign Kevin Steele. I don't know why they're messing around. Stop it! I will quit the podcast. I will quit this podcast immediately. But Brandon, you know, Cincinnati got no respect all year, as we talked about. But they're going to have a chance to earn some, Brandon. They could match up with Georgia in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. So we're going to find out real quick if Cincinnati is um, about that life. And for Tulsa, we're going to find out the same thing. Brandon, they get Mississippi State in the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas. So the AAC with the chance to prove itself. And speaking of a team proving itself, Ohio State wins the Big Ten, Brandon. They get in the playoffs, as everyone probably already assumed. 22 to 10 win over Northwestern. What were your takeaways from this game? Because I've heard all kind of hot takes about the performance of both of these teams. Um, so what I'll say first is that I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for anyone who pays attention to our gambling picks because just a bad, bad showing by me this weekend. Uh, I believe <laughs> my exact words were that Ohio State was legally obligated to win by uh, by three touchdowns in this one. <laughs> That didn't happen. Um, they barely, they barely won by by uh, by twelve. So I mean, if they, if they wouldn't have scored those two fourth quarter, I mean that one fourth quarter touchdown field goal, then this game could have gotten ugly. There's a point where they were losing, uh, so that's tough. <laughs> I was I was, At I was I was already nervous then, and then then I had to, the rest of the game to go. So anyway, you were zero with three on gambling picks this week. I know, uh, Zach. I know. You believe me? I know. Um, <laughs> See, I, I was two for one. I'll take two for one. But to be fair, I don't know if anyone expected uh, expected Justin Fields to be outplayed by Peyton Ramsey. I, we even made a joke about that on the preview episode. It was a bad look. <laughs> How dumb are we? I should, I, man, I should put that in the intro this week. <laughs> that should be – That should be a – just, just like, have you, have you been victimized by, <laughs> by Zach and Brandon for the Blue Bloods? Well, call this number. And get your <laughs> – but listen, we, we were spot on about the running game, though. We talked about how one team had Trey Sermon and the other team didn't. And listen, Trey Sermon, that's a bad man. Bad man. Oh, no, my man. gosh. When, if you, I would have told – How do you do if, that? How do you do I that <laughs> in, a, in a conference championship game, you're going to run for 331 yards. And you're just going to put – I mean – the entire city of Chicago or Evanston or wherever Northwestern is like, they just got to go on lockdown at this point. Like they, mm-hmm. they got embarrassed 11 yards per carry. If I would have told you to start the game, Justin Fields would have two interceptions. 
100 yards passing and then Master Teague would have two carries, you would have probably picked Northwestern. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trey Sermon broke Eddie George's record for the most rushing yards in a game this weekend, 331, two touchdowns, 11 yards per carry. He was unstoppable in the second half. I mean, so – I compare. I don't even. I can't say this on the podcast. I don't know. Like when games like this happen, where they where teams just consistently give it to a running back, and you know they're running it, and the defense can't do anything. It's like watching someone drown, dude. Like it's like you want to help them, but you like you can't. It's like oh my gosh! Like can someone do something? <laughs> like someone I, like someone helped them. I mean, Brandon, they would line up single back and hand it off up the middle. Hand it to right. the left, hand it to the right. It's like, can someone make a tackle? Can so, like, can some defensive lineman shed his block? Like, can somebody help these poor souls because they are getting killed out there? Right, right. It was it was tough to watch down the stretch. But listen, I want to get to Justin Fields, man. Can can we can we say that he is not the second best quarterback in the country? Um, I think so. I think I think we got to. A uh, hundred and fourteen yards in two interceptions, Brandon. A thirty-four QBR. It's it, it was awful. I mean, and, and it's weird because Ohio State. I mean, all season long, what have they been doing to teams? I mean, what if you look at their record? Uh, I mean, they've been just blowing teams out of the water. I mean, they've been scoring fifty-two points. I mean, in order, they scored fifty-two, thirty-eight, forty-nine, forty-two, fifty-two, and this weekend somehow twenty-two against a Northwestern team that got beaten by Michigan State. And so, like, I don't what, – what do we need – what do we believe now? Like, what are we supposed to do? Is this the same guy that um, I had people tell me to my face that Justin Phillips should go before Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you kidding? No, I mean – Like, I don't Brandon, Trevor Lawrence was being called overrated for throwing for 250 a game. Right. And we're going to let this kid get away with this? I don't think we – I mean, I don't know how we do. And I mean, this might – and I'm not sure. I, I can't be positive, but this seems like the worst performance of his career. Uh, I mean like – <laughs> And we thought he had – and we thought he had that against Indiana. Yeah, we did. I can't – he went He went 12 for 27. Uh, what? That's, that's – and, and, and there's people saying that Ohio State should be the favorite over Clemson. Please. Right. Please. If he comes out and plays like this against Clemson, Ohio State won't score a point. Yeah, yeah, right. It will. It will be third. It will be. It will be no less than thirty-eight nothing if he plays like this, because that Ohio State defense does not want. I mean, you, you you let Peyton Ramsey look decent until those two interceptions. You think Trevor Lawrence is throwing two interceptions? Absolutely not. Stop it! And I promise <laughs> you, Trey Sermon ain't running for three hundred and thirty yards on Clemson. Right. If that happens, I will shave my head live on live stream on the podcast. <laughs> Sexy, I don't have anything else to lose if that happens. <laughs> I don't. I literally don't. I mean, and listen, Northwestern's offense kind of they were nice early, but in the second half they couldn't do anything, man. Peyton Ramsey turned the ball over. They couldn't establish a consistent running game. They only averaged about three yards per carry. And they really don't have any receiving threats. I mean, it was just that. There's nothing Northwestern could do, Brandon. And you could tell that Ohio State was just more talented down the stretch. But I don't think Northwestern should hang their hat. Uh, they played an outstanding game. And they gave a way better fight than I think anybody in the country could have ever predicted. Yeah, you're right. And now they get to go play Auburn. So what a treat that is. 
North pick Northwestern. That is my lock of the century. <laughs> pick Northwestern. I am picking them on the podcast. Already announcing Northwestern will beat Auburn. Yeah, Zach, Zach's, Zach's not feeling great right now, guys. Leave me alone, bro. Who's LSU playing, Brandon? Well, they well they're they're it's a self imposed bowl ban. Okay, that's what Zach, I thought. So. I need you. I need you to sit in that corner. I need you to sit in that corner and think of all those players you paid. <laughs> Okay, um, that's not even what it's about. But. <laughs> but Northwestern, like like Brandon said, going to the Citrus Bowl, play Auburn, of course, Ohio State, going to play Clemson in the Sugar Bowl down in New Orleans. Brandon, we should make an appearance at that game. That Zach, if you can find me some affordable tickets on on on. Oh, no, 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 I'm talking about media passes, bro. I, I'm not dropping nine hundred dollars on a ticket. <laughs> okay. You know, the yeah, blue bloods are going to go cover the sugar ball. We're going to find a way to do that. I was going to show with my senior bowl credentials and be like, oh, I'm, I'm paid media. <laughs> <laughs> Working media. There you go. But guys, another game that came down to the, I don't even know how this game was closed after the first half, but we have Oklahoma beating Iowa state 27, 21 and Brandon, this looked like a blowout 24, seven at halftime. Well, it got real tight there late. What what did you take away from this game, and what happened to the Brock Purdy that we were praising coming into this game? Look, it's not – so I had Oklahoma in this game, thank God, because I didn't get a whole lot other – I didn't get a whole lot right other than this. Um, but I, I feel like we kind of hit this on the na- – uh, like we kind of hit this one on the head, right? Because we said if Oklahoma's offense – or if Oklahoma's defense can hold Barisi Hall, if they can stop Barisi Hall – then this game won't be close. And they stopped Bruce Hill. I mean, this guy, he only had 79 yards rushing this year and this week. And that's not awful by any means, but like, that's that that is bad if you're Barisi Hall. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it, it no, it absolutely is. Barisi Hall should have had no less than 100, 100, 110 yards in this game. Right. And, and I mean, this is Oklahoma's defense we're talking about. It's not like they're playing the best defense Listen, in the world. That 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 uh, this Oklahoma defense might be one of the better ones we've seen in recent history. No, they they've definitely woken up toward the end of the season. I think that's really what's been turning things around for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, this Oklahoma team, and and I know I know it's going to sound corny. I know it sounds cheesy, whatever. But this is a totally different team than we got against Kansas State or or that we got against Iowa State the first time. I mean, this Oklahoma team. If they would have been, if they play like this all season, then they're in the playoffs. I mean, no questions asked. But but they didn't. They dropped those two games. I think if they only dropped one of those games, then they're in. But like they looked so bad for those two weeks and for a few other weeks at the beginning of the season. That I mean, where, where are they ranked right now? I think they moved up to six. six. Yeah, that's right. I was pissed off. But um, but I mean. This team, I mean, they look good. Like, and I get it. That's why they got the sixth place spot because of the eye test and how good they look right now. So while I am mad about it and while I do think that some teams were were snubbed, this Oklahoma team, I mean, in a normal year, probably would have gotten to the playoff. Yeah, that that Kansas State loss, man, that that you could not recover from that. Well, they did last year. Well, I mean, but I'm talking about like in a COVID-riddled shortened year where – well, extenuated circumstances. I mean, I don't see how you come back from that, especially what, especially after what K State turned out to be. Right. They they got real bad. I mean, Iowa State beat them forty five to nothing. And I think that's really like 
what did it in for Oklahoma because because Iowa State just embarrassed Kansas State because Kansas State got embarrassed by everybody else this year and then somehow they still beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma didn't look like Oklahoma for a few weeks this season and you know no. you can probably chalk that up to whatever you want I mean defense wasn't clicking at first um, Spencer Rattler wasn't playing like an Oklahoma quarterback at first <laughs> but I mean it, it seems like halfway through the season, Oklahoma was like, you know what? We got to, we got to kind of turn this on. And they did. And they've looked incredible ever since. Yeah. And I mean, this game really came down to Brock Purdy, not being able to shoulder the load. He's been able to lean on Barisi Hall all year. Once the ball was put into his hands, Brandon, and everyone knew what was coming, he just kind of collapsed in the moment. I mean, three interceptions, what two in the red zone. Right. I mean, that it changes the entire game. I mean, it's, and even if you got field goals, Brandon, on those two drives, it's 27-27. You go into overtime. Right. And I felt like Oklahoma did a nice job of mixing up their play calling. Spencer Rattler was accurate and efficient. He made plenty of plays. Ramondre Stevenson, man, if Oklahoma had him all year, instead of the, I think it was six to eight game suspension they had, this we could be talking about an undefeated Oklahoma team. That's what I'm saying. I mean, we like like chalk it up to whatever you want, but – like this Oklahoma team, they're good right now. Like they're really good. Honestly, I like their chances against Bama better than I like Notre Dame's chances at this point in the season. Agreed. I listen. Marvin Mims is going to be a problem in the coming years. Seven catches, a hundred yards, a touchdown. I think the defense that they stepped up, man. I mean, they got three sacks, six quarterback hurries, five tackles for loss. I mean. Pat Fields, Trey Brown, Trey Norwood were all over the field getting interceptions. I mean, I was so impressed with Oklahoma, and I think this just speaks to the type of program Lincoln Riley's built up there, man. He is he is arguably the best young head coach out there right now. And I think the NFL – I think the NFL is going to be calling real soon for his for his name because this, this kid can coach, he can run an offense, and – it don't matter what quarterback you give him. He did it with Jalen Hurts. He did it with Baker Mayfield. He did it with Kyler Murray. He did it with Spencer Rattler. And all of those quarterbacks are different. Right, right. And I, I'm just so impressed with Oklahoma. It, and like I tweeted, I think after this game, I was like, it's almost like clockwork. Oklahoma will lose the game they're not supposed to. Guess what? Still winning the Big 12 championship. They have a running back suspended. Still winning the Big 12 championship. They've run into a team that had their number and beat them earlier in the season. It don't matter. Winning the Big 12 championship. Like, it, it's just they always find a way to pull it off, Brandon. And I, I, I think you got to commend them for it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And one of my favorite graphics I've seen this season so far uh, was, I, I believe it was this morning, I think it was Bleacher Report. And, and they said it, it, was a, it was a graphic that showed the past three Oklahoma quarterbacks, they were all starting in the NFL today. If that doesn't tell you something about Lincoln Riley and the kind of quarterbacks – kind of talent that he produces there, then, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. The past yeah. three quarterbacks that he's had – in the past three years that he's had there are start – they all started a game today in the NFL. Yeah, and right now Philly is in a game with Arizona. Baker plays tonight, and um, I'm pretty sh- – uh, well, I guess Kyler Murray is winning yeah, over Jalen Hurts. They're playing, so one of those losing, but they both played a good game. I mean, Jalen Hurts had four touchdowns before we started recording. Like, the kid's balling, but – in terms of bowl games, guys, I was wide receiver. Yeah, <laughs> right. We missed on that one. I was I was on on Justin Herbert. I am bragging all offseason about that. <laughs> right. Your boy was on, but Iowa State, like I said earlier, moves on to play Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. 
while Oklahoma, this is a big game. I'm excited for this game, Brandon. Oklahoma, Florida in the Cotton Bowl. That's a good game. Sign me up in a dome. Pence isn't playing. Oh yeah, that's tough. That's real it's tough. Going the bowl game. That's true. And you know, I never thought Oklahoma played Florida, and I would think Oklahoma had the better defense. Right. right. If you would have told me that at the beginning that's of the tough. season, I would have, I would, I would have slapped you. Is what would happen. <laughs> so I would abuse you. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> what would have happened. But guys, but let's let's go ahead. You know, I switched these games around because one is not worth talking about for much for too long, while the other one we have to break down a lot. We're, Brandon, we're going to go ahead. Clemson Notre Dame, exactly what ha- what I thought would happen happened. Clemson domination, thirty four ten over Notre Dame, and Brandon, I think I think I think Trevor Lawrence uh, meant something a few weeks ago. No, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I would say, <laughs> and, and Travis Etienne showed up to, uh, yesterday as well, I, or Saturday if you're listening to this on Monday, um, because I mean, good lord, did he have? I mean, he he rushed for a hundred more yards than he did in the first matchup. Like That's on tough. 10, on That's 10 tough. carries, he had 124 yards on 10 carries. He had 12 yards to carry. That's, that's bananas. What do you mean? I mean, what, what should I say about this in a season where Travis Etienne just hasn't been playing very well at all a uh, season where I think he thought he was going to come back and, and improve his draft stock. He probably didn't. And he might be going back next year. We'll see. Um, but I mean, the key thing to me was, was Notre Dame could not get it done on the ground. I mean, Kyron Williams was not the same back that he was last time. And you you said it. I mean, you, you called it. Brett Venables isn't going to sit around and just let something happen to him twice. I mean, if he sees what the issue was, and that was the issue the last game, that's the reason Notre Dame won, is because Notre Dame, like, they could not stop Kyron Williams. And so he no. watched the film. He said, you know what, this is how we're going to stop it. And they did. And they held him to 59 yards on the ground. Or, I'm sorry, 50 yards on the ground. Um. So, I mean, they, Clemson is one of those teams, and and I'm glad that somehow they're not having to play Notre Dame in the first round of the – I'm just glad that we're not going to have to see Clemson-Notre Dame part three is, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> we almost did. We almost yeah. – it, it was close. But, I mean, guys, Clemson dominated this game. Notre Dame jumped out to a 3-0 lead, and it got worked all the way up to a 34-3 lead until Notre Dame scored late. It was a beatdown. Clemson, 541 total yards. Notre Dame, 263. Uh, just domination. I mean, Clemson did have the one turnover. It was a bad pass by by Trevor Lawrence. He didn't see the safety. I mean, the linebacker lurking underneath. He gets tipped. Kyle Hamilton picks, picks it off. They had more first downs. I mean, they just – this team is so good in so many areas, man, that, like, it's like, how do you beat them when they're fully healthy? How do you game plan for them when they're fully healthy? Because I mean, they're <laughs> going to beat you on every part of the field. I, mm-hmm. I mean, this wasn't a game, and I get it. You know, it was a twenty-four point game. That's that's bad enough. But uh, I mean, until the fourth quarter, it was it was a thirty-one point game. Like, yep. this was just domination. I, I don't I don't know what else to say. And I mean, if I were on the committee, I'm not putting Notre Dame in the playoff. I mean, that's no. just that's just my that's my opinion. That's how I feel about it. I don't know how you put a team that got beat this badly in, in conference championship weekend into the playoff. And I'm not putting it on Ian book. Ian book didn't play bad. No, not at all. And he didn't have any turnovers. He didn't have a touch. He didn't, he did not have a touchdown, but he, re- he very rarely passed touchdowns though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They've run the ball in the red zone a lot. Kyron Williams was shut down only three yards per carry there. 
but uh, Brandon, I've been saying they they have to find a true receiving threat. I thought Javon McKinley might be somebody to watch. He uh, against Clemson and their lockdown corners, you have to have someone who who can create separation, and I don't think they had that. You look on the other side of Clemson. Amari Rogers, EJ Williams, Braden Galloway, Cornell Powell, all of those guys can go make plays, get separation, put themselves in positions to do big things. And so for for me, I think Notre Dame's lack of receiving threats is really is really what puts a ceiling on this Notre Dame team. So I think the defense is mostly there. The quarterback play has been decent at least the running games there if they would if they have a true receiving threat I think this team's a national championship contender right now I just think they're a really good team yeah yeah I I I agree with you there um you know and and it's it's tough when you lose a game like this when you when you win the turnover battle you don't have any turnovers when you win the time and position battle and then you still get blown out like this I mean that's that's I don't know what I don't really know what you chalk it up to um I mean I guess you can chalk it up to Trevor Lawrence being Trevor Lawrence. And I think we all forget, at least I do. I don't know how I keep forgetting that he can run, but man, <laughs> he is this, so fast. <laughs> bro, he ran for 90 yards and he got sacked. <laughs> like, like he, It's not like he didn't take any sacks and he still rushed for 90 yards. So yeah, he had two sacks. Yeah. So I'm saying like, like if he wouldn't have been sacked, he would have gotten a hundred, he would have broken a hundred yards rushing. And bro, that's crazy. So quick crazy. too. Those strides are stupid fast. It's so dumb, and and I know I know we're gonna get people whining like, oh, you know, Trevor Lawrence only passed for uh for three twenty two in this game. He he, was, he went two and one, and he had two touchdowns, one interception. It, how is he a generational talent? Because he can use his feet too, and because he makes the smartest reads I've ever seen. And have and, you seen that deep ball? Jesus it's, Christ! It's been, I mean, he throws it on a dot. I, like, what do you want me to say? And and if you don't believe me, then you haven't been watching Clemson play. You're just looking at the stats. That, you don't believe me. That Go watch seven, <laughs> That pass to Amari Rogers at the end of the first dude. I'm right. telling you, someone with no hands could have caught that. It was so beautiful. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you something, Zach, because obviously I think that we're just in this point where we're sitting here waiting for, for Bama Clemson part 19 or whatever it is yeah. at this point. So that's, I mean, that's that I think that I think that has to be the national championship, but uh, yeah, that is going to be a better game than I've, thought if you would have like if you would have asked me three weeks ago if i thought that would have been a good game but like no bam is so much better i think it's gonna be a really yeah. good game if it gets to that point and i'm predicting that it will i think that's gonna be an incredible game it's gonna be an outstanding game i am looking forward to it um but you know the last thing i, I got two things i want to say before we wrap up this game one have you ever seen a defensive coordinator with more masterful masterful blitzes than brent venables no <laughs> that that dude can bring blitz can bring pressure from literally anywhere i mean right. some of the so, some of the just formations and the way he blitzes the way he gets his defense to generate pressure is just it, it is ridiculous to watch and it i there's not many teams that you know i know average fans never watch for defense they want to see a million points put on the board but like I, you know, I don't watch a lot of teams just for their defense. This is a team that I watch just almost just for their defense. If like you could, Trevor Lawrence is amazing. We all know what he's going to do every weekend. I look forward just like, man, what what is Brent Venables going to pull out today? You look at the 2018 national championship against Bama. They would bring every time they brought Waddle or someone in motion, they would blitz off that side, and Bama never adjusted to it. This one, they were bringing it up the middle consistently, and those 
This this is an offensive line, Brandon, that was ranked first in the nation coming into the year, and Clemson found a way to get to Ian Book consistently. Right, right. I mean, they and they have they have so many players that can do it. And then the second thing I want to say is, listen, like I know I know my girlfriend might doesn't listen to every episode. I need a girl that supports me like Davos when he supports his players. Holy crap! This dude will say anything for his players. He 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 told the Heisman committee that it would be a shame if they don't if they don't associate themselves with Trevor Lawrence. What a bold statement, bro! I hate that. You write to the committee and say, "Listen, y'all are going to be upset if y'all don't associate you guys with us." Like. What a pitch. What a pitch. I, I, I need a girl that's going to go to Fox Sports and be like, it, w- you're going to be ashamed if you don't associate Fox Sports with the Blue Bloods. That's the type of energy I need in my life. What a coach. And I think that is why you consistently see players come back and play for him instead and passing up on millions of dollars. How do you st- – I thought, I thought you – okay. So you went a totally different direction than I thought you were. You like that? I <laughs> that love was- it. No. Give me, give me all of it. Seven days a week, three hundred sixty-five days a year. Sometimes three sixty-six, twenty-four hours a day. Let's do it. I can't. I love it. I can't remember where I heard this take, but uh, I heard it. I can't remember. I wish I could. Um, so, oh, I think I heard. I think I heard it from Andy Staples. He said, "I, I want to say that," and I'm trying to credit him, but I think that he he's the one who said that Dabo still thinks that he's like this sympathetic figure. Like he's just like this lowly. He was a walk on at Alabama, and now he's gone on to be this this great head coach. And and like he came from nothing, so everyone loves him. That's not the case anymore. Like people hate you, Dabo. And and you got I Zach fooled. I guess you got Zach fooled. I like did everyone not. Else, everyone else in the world hates you. You see, I think it's because I got eight years of Gus Malzahn. <laughs> Zach Zach has Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, I wish my head coach knew how to speak. <laughs> Instead of going six and four and saying that it was an excellent season, <laughs> that's crazy. If you, man, Zach, if you would have told me, and this I know this is off topic, but if you would told me preseason that that uh, Auburn and LSU were going to go six and four and five and five, I mean, I, there's a lot of things you can go tell past me, but that's the one that I would have been the most upset with. You know, you don't have to bring it up. Like, I'm just, I'm just, see, so I, I love it. Support your players, vouch for your players, and you know what? Everyone can hate on him, and that's the thing I love about Dabo. He doesn't care if you hate him. You know what he's going to do? He's going to go get another five-star that's going to stay for five years while Nick Saban leaves in two. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what he's going to do year in and year out. He don't care what you think. All, he, uh, all he's going to do is run it up. <laughs> Facts. He's going to get another <laughs> ring, and you're going to be just as upset. Okay. <laughs> He's going to tell the playoff committee that it's going to be a disrespect on their name if they don't associate themselves with Clemson. That's what's going to happen. He's going to lose three games next year, and he's going to be like, listen, if y'all don't pick us, that's it. We're getting a divorce. But <laughs> anyway, uh, Clemson to the playoffs, as y'all know. Notre Dame also to the playoffs. I, we'll get to that, though. But, Brandon, this game was something to watch. And we had the Alabama Crimson Tide beating the Florida Gators 52-46. What a game, Brandon. And how good is Najee Harris? Uh, incredible. <laughs> like, like, there's not another answer. If you answered any other way besides that, then. <laughs> and you know what's sad is that I think that 
and I know you already mentioned it, but I think that somehow Najee Harris and Devontae Smith are going to steal votes from Mac Jones in the Heisman race. So rest in peace to, to Mac yep. Jones' Heisman hopes after this weekend. <laughs> Even though he had a great it's, game. I mean, it's gonna, 418 it's gonna, yards and five touchdowns. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's insane. But you got to give Devontae Smith some votes, right? Uh, I think, I mean, yeah, you have to. And and Najee Harris, five touchdowns, set the record. He And it's kind of an Iron Bowl tidbit, but he passed Trey Mason, who had four. So beat out an Auburn player for that. So we got to get back and get our record back. Um, <laughs> but, Brandon, Kyle Trask played a lot better than I thought he would against this defense. He did. I mean, he still, he still passed for over 400 yards on this defense. And, you know, I, I mentioned this on the preview episode, and this is just like – like expose Brandon's old takes. I guess that's what this episode is today. Um, but I was like, yeah, he's going to lose it against this Alabama defense because it's Alabama and and they're going to shut him down. I, he's still passing for 408 yards. He's no Joe. He's no Joe Burrow. I'll say that. But Zach, don't you cannot look me in the eyes and say that this. I didn't say he best. was. I did not say he was. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm staring at my silhouette right now. So. But hang on, time out. How many games did Joe Burrow play? Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, how many, Brandon? I need, I need the answer. We're not going to talk about it. All right, 15. How many How many did this kid play? Uh, 11. 11? So he had four more games? Well, he'll, no, because he'll he'll end up playing 12 before it's all said and done. Okay, so three more games. This kid hey, let already me, threw for 4,000 yards. Hey, let me ask you this. How many, how many games did Joe Burrow lose through 11? Oh my goodness! Are you are you going to compare that LSU team to this Florida team right now? <laughs> I'm at well, that team didn't have a Kyle Pitts, so I'm going to say but that team had a Jamar Chase. That team had a <laughs> Terrence Marshall. That like, come on! Well, man. they didn't I, have a they didn't have a Devonte Smith, and apparently he's better than Jamar Chase. Oh, oh! I'm going to I'm have to come after some people. No, <laughs> absolutely not. That's you, don't the, think, you don't think the Slim Reaper is better? I think that Devontae Smith is very, very good. I think that if Jamar Chase would have played this season, things would have been a lot different for LSU football. And I think that that mm. I, I mean, I, I get it. He's really good, but he wasn't the like he wasn't even the best receiver on his team last year. Like, he wasn't even I don't even think he was top three. What? D- Devontae Smith last season was not top three in his own receiving class. I mean, uh, how you go? Okay. Well, was the best. Yeah. I think Waddle was better than him last season. That's well, just because well, Waddle wasn't a big receiving threat. Waddle didn't really get to play as much. He was more of a special teams player last he year. Played toward, no, he replaced he replaced Devontae Smith last season when he was toward hurt. the end. Yeah, toward the end, he had four touchdowns in the Auburn game. But I mean, Devontae <laughs> Smith though, man, fifteen catches, almost two hundred yards, and two touchdowns this weekend. Uh, very good, I will say. Pretty stout, pretty stout. And listen, I want to talk about this kid. Can we can we, can we put some respect on Kadarius Tony's name? We got to. I forgot that he was from Mobile, by the way. Like I that 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 was lost on me for this entire season somehow. Eight catches, one fifty three, a touchdown. He also had fifteen rushing yards on like jet sweeps or whatever. But I mean, what a what a game, man. What a do game. Think, do you think he's first round talent? Yes. I think so too. I really do. Uh, that I, was I think he's first round speed too. Oh, absolutely. That, that speed. The Raiders might draft him first overall <laughs> with that <laughs> speed. Right up to one. The Jets might have just lost the first overall pick. So I don't yeah, know they won they today. What, the, what? Why would you beat the Rams? You beat a playoff team, bro. <laughs> You're going to lose all season. I think Bill Belichick had something to do with this, by the way. I think I, that's, I, yeah, I think he was plotting. I think he made a deal with the devil 
and mm. and <laughs> they had the Jets. We still didn't have to play against Trevor Lawrence every every like twice a year for the rest of eternity. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. But I just want – can we hold a, little, a small vigil here, Brandon, on the Blue Bloods? Let's go ahead. RIP trading. No. Okay. He got – did that hit by John Mechie? Dude, was that the most was... disrespectful hit of all time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I did not know who we were referring to at first. But once you said Mechie, I was like, oh, yeah. what? Yeah, he might have died. He really might have died last night. Oh, it like scared me. Like I was watching the game and like I jumped up off the couch. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like I know that he didn't target. You got to call targeting there just on principle. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. And he targeted that, was, that dude's soul. That was what happened. It. And I know Mac Jones had an interception last night. That was it. I don't think you can really count that as an error. I think you got to take that back after Alabama got the ball back. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mechie just bailed him out of, an, of his only interception last night. Listen, if if Alabama was smart, Mechie's going to the linebacker next week. God. Oh, my gosh, yes. He, or he's safety. Better, like, he's come better on. than anybody on that Florida defense. Ooh, that's, that's a hot take. I, I like that, though. I mean, dude, I didn't even see him coming. I didn't either. It, I, and you said that you jumped up. I was also shocked as soon as it happened. I was like, oh, my God. It's just like, and I even tweeted like halfway, it was like right after halftime or something like that. I was like, you know, Florida is shooting themselves in the foot so much that it is like hard to watch. They had a hands to the face penalty that gave Alabama the ball back. Pass interference. that They have a DB trying to do too much, fumbles the ball. Like, like how many mistakes can you make? Right. Against Alabama, still have a chance to win. The fact that they only were down by six to, when this game ended is outrageous. I mean, I thought this game was going to be wrapped up tight at halftime. Yeah. I was like, man, Florida is done. Okay, but to be fair, this is another one of those things where, like, you, I mean, you can't – this isn't, like, any kind of statistical thing. It's nothing you can put on paper. But, like, after halftime, there wasn't really a point in this game where I thought that Alabama might lose. Like, really? Maybe the third quarter when Florida was making that little bit of a comeback. That's what but, I thought. Like late third quarter, I was like, "Man, this is this is getting tough." Yeah, that, that, you know, may, I take it back. Probably then, but fourth quarter came around. Alabama scores a or scores that quick touchdown. Uh, they kick that field goal. They're up forty five thirty one. Not and that was wrap in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, well, Florida's defense made the stops they needed, but then like they had one more they had to make to kind of bail themselves out for that interception one. And they couldn't do it, man. It's like every single time you thought they had a chance, it's like – and then also, what uh, – Todd Grantham, defensive coordinator for Florida, did you watch any film for this game? I don't guess so. This, this I need to know. That, and this is the guy that I wanted to be hired over over Bo Pelini, and he probably still would have been better than Bo Pelini. But good Lord, like I'm glad that LSU didn't go with him. Like I don't understand. Like you're playing press man coverage with no over-the-top safety. On Devontae Smith. Right. Yeah. Very, very, very good coaching. It, does he keep his job? I, he shouldn't, but him and Dan Mullen have been tight for years, so maybe. 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 I mean, I don't know. But th- this game, listen, Steve Sarkeesian, I know he's interviewing for Auburn and everything. If he doesn't have the Auburn job, he's going to be coaching somewhere as a head coach with this masterful gameplay. I mean, this dude has been on a roll as the offensive coordinator for Alabama. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I've been so impressed. Mac Jones, 400 yards passing, five touchdowns. Najee Harris, 170 on the ground. He also ha- was doing it through the air, too. I mean, when Najee Harris has three receiving touchdowns, almost 100 yards receiving, you know it was a bad defensive night for you. Kyle Pitts did his thing. Trayvon Grimes did his thing. But, man, the turnovers are just so costly for Florida. And I, I, I think Florida really and truly shot themselves in the foot. And if you give this Alabama offense too many opportunities, there's no way you can win. Don't don't talk about feet around Florida. Not It's too soon. At least no one threw a shoe this time, though. <laughs> I will say that. I will uh, but, say but, that. But, I mean, all that to say, I mean, Florida – has beaten themselves the three times they lost this 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 year, uh, and they, they like how do you how do you do that? How how are you happy right now if you're a Florida fan? Like, you can't be right. I don't think you can personally. I mean, but like would you, like what grade would you give Florida on their year? Uh, they I honestly think they underperformed, especially from like the heights that we thought that they were going to reach. This is like I mean honestly a three loss te- a three loss season for Florida this year has to be like a C plus. Like this wasn't good. Uh a C plus? I mean they're eight and three and went to the SEC championship and they're in a New Year's Six Bowl. No, okay, so that's because they're very very overranked right now. They're number seven somehow. They didn't we'll move get to after that. they lost. We'll okay. get to that. Okay. We'll we'll get that. And we'll get to it right now. Guys, that to wrap on our pick six recap man, we are gonna get to the college football playoff bowl games, all that good stuff. But, man, we got to start with the latest college football uh, playoff poll, the final one. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame make the top four. A&M, Oklahoma, Florida, Cincinnati, first four out. Brandon, right pick keeping Notre Dame in there, or who would you have put in there? I, I wouldn't. I mean, we know who I would have put in there. I would have put Cincinnati in there. I think this is the perfect year to put a group of five team in if you're going to do whatever. And like, wasn't this the reason that we moved to the to the committee? Like that we moved to the college football playoff yep. committee because the BCS it would have been statistically impossible to ever have a group of five team in the championship. So this is that was like that was like one of the big pitches when they're like, hey, we should do the playoff. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's never going to happen until the playoffs expanded, and. I don't know. I've got a lot of thoughts on this. I think that if you were going to expand the playoff, I think like an experimental one-year thing this year would have been great. Like an 18 playoff this season would have been great. But I guess there, I guess that's a lot easier said than done. Um, because, of course, I mean, by the time that the ACC and Big 12 were playing this season, we didn't even think the Big 10 or Pac-12 were going to play until spring. So I know that we can sit here and scream our takes off all day long, uh, but it won't change anything. No, no, Notre Dame after their performance this weekend did not deserve to be in the. In, I'm sorry, in the in the uh, playoff picture, like maybe had them at five or six. Um, I don't like Texas A&M, but I think maybe you could have given them a shot. Uh, they're they're not great, honestly. Whoever you put in that four spot, it didn't matter because Alabama is gonna they're gonna they're gonna destroy anybody in their path. Oh, man. Yeah, you see, I just. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just so frustrated that, like, somehow – I you know, and I get it. A&M didn't win a conference championship. The committee didn't want to see Alabama versus A&M part two. But, I mean, do, do you think A&M uh, – what would, what would the spread be? Notre Dame-Alabama for you, A&M-Alabama for you. 
Wait, you just said A&M Alabama for me oh, twice. My, my bad. Notre Dame, Alabama. Um, and then A&M, Alabama. Well, it, so what was the spread for the Florida game against Alabama? It was like 17 and a half or something like that? Yeah. No, it was, it was seven. Yeah, it was 17 and a half at game yeah. time. It was 17 when I got it. Um, I'm going to go for Notre Dame. It's probably, it's got to be like 20 and a half, right? Like minus 20 and a half. Yeah, that's what it is right now. I think it, I think it jumped up to almost 24 right now. Oh, really? I didn't. Okay. So that was just kind of a guess. And I honestly, Texas A&M, I think that their only advantage over Notre Dame is that, and yeah, we've already seen them lose by what 34 against Alabama this season. And so I'm sure yeah. that, was, that played into account here. The only advantage I give them is that they've already played. They already have them on film. They've already seen how they play against A&M. So maybe like 18 and a half, 17 and a half, something like that. So a better game, right? Probably. Yeah. And so here I would, I would have, I think I was state would have made it if I was state would have won personally. Yeah. But why not just give Oklahoma a shot? If we're, it's that way you have four conference champions in there and then there's really no, like there's not a super big deal. Maybe you could just say, Hey, we want the four, Four of the five power five champions, Oregon, you can't put them in there, so we went with these four. I don't think I think the outrage would be a little bit less there, right? Right, I think so. And how in the literal you know what is Florida seventh still? They just didn't move and and for two weeks. They it. lost two straight games and did not move. <laughs> the committee said, you know what? Florida eight and three, but they're better than a nine and no Cincinnati team for sure. What about what about the AP poll? They'd move Florida up one spot. I don't I don't get it. They does not I mean I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't I don't understand college football anymore. I want to sit in on a committee meeting. I just want to hear it. I want to hear the explanations. Uh, just, uh, I I need I need some ex I, I need something. I don't know how Cincinnati's eighth. I think if you're not gonna put Oklahoma in, Cincinnati should have had the sixth spot. Agreed. If you're not going to put them in, give them give them a shout out. Coastal Carolina undefeated. Why don't you just go ahead and bump them up? Right. It doesn't right. matter. Like like the Frankies does not matter at this point. That's true. Give them a bone. I mean, do something. And the fact that Oregon's ranked, like I get to the Patchel champion. Good, good lord. Right. Right. Come on. And USC still above them. Can we drop USC out, please? Uh I think we have to. After, after this weekend, I just I don't, I don't know about all this, man. But you know, we got to pre. We're gonna do like a way too early, just like. So you've already kind of sported it, but how do you see these real, realistically playing playing out as of right now? What, what, what do I how the playoff do I see games? What? The playoff oh, games. Oh my god, I, it's it's a bloodbath for for Clemson. I think the Clemson Ohio State game is going to be a good one. I think that's a rematch that everyone's been waiting for since last season. Obviously, these teams are a lot different. There's no J.K. Dobbins on on uh, Ohio State's team anymore. Clemson, honestly, is returning a lot more talent. Um, but I think that that'll probably be a good game. But I think Clemson somehow pulls it out. Uh, I don't think they win by a lot, but I do think they win. Um, and Alabama, they're, they're just about to – I mean, it doesn't even matter. I mean, Alabama's about to beat Notre Dame the same way they've beaten Notre Dame – they beat Notre Dame in like what 2012? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 42 14, the natty. Yeah. Uh, you see, I'm the, I'm the opposite. I think it's going to be a bloodbath on both of them. Okay. 
I got Alabama probably 28 points or more because I think they'll shut down the run. And I don't know if I don't, if you put the game on Ian Book's shoulders in the biggest moment, he has yet to deliver. That's true. And I don't think the secondary is one that you're going to deliver on. And do you trust a single person in the secondary to stop Devontae Smith? Oh, absolutely not. And then Jalen Waddle is probably going to be back. So good luck there. (laughs) Good luck there. And Najee Harris is going to eat. I think Bama runs away with that one. And I have Clipson by over 20 points. Really? Justin Fields is not ready for that defense. Wow. He struggled with Indiana. He struggled with Northwestern. He struggled with Clemson last year. Every single good defense he's played, he's thrown two or more interceptions in every single big game he's played in. He throws three in this game minimum, and I think Clemson eats. That Ohio State defense can't stop the pass. If you gave up almost five, well, if you gave up 500 yards to Michael Penix, Trevor Lawrence is going to destroy you. That's true. That's true. I'll give you they're that. Not gonna, they're not going to turn the ball over. I don't think they have the front seven to stop at the end. I got both of these games being over by halftime. Wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, it, I, it's definitely going to be interesting. I, I don't know. I, I just yeah. – I think I think more than anything, I'm just hoping that this Clemson-Ohio State game is going to be good. I, I don't think it is. I think it's going to be a blowout. I think Clemson has time to get healthy now. I think Alabama has time to get healthy. Ohio State's already healthy because they don't they didn't play any games. Notre Dame just doesn't have a chance. Notre Dame is not built to beat a team like Alabama. If Notre Dame and Ohio State played, that would be a good game. Okay. But that's not how it plays out. And if Alabama Clemson met in the first round, I would have rioted. (laughs) Okay. Listen, I would have rioted if Clemson had to play Alabama first round. That that is a national championship type game right there. It would have been like uh, what was it? it was a couple of years ago where the first round was so much better than the actual national championship, or I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I can't remember, <laughs> I can't exactly. remember what game that was. Maybe that was the Ohio State Alabama year. That's what it was. Yeah, it, the first one that was. Yeah, when Ezekiel Elliott and all them were there. But guys, we're gonna preview a few bowl games. So we usually drop episodes on Monday and Thursday. We have bowl games starting tomorrow. Yep. So we're gonna go ahead and preview some of these games. Uh, Myrtle Beach Bowl, Brandon. Appalachian State, North Texas, and Conway, South Carolina. I did not even know this was a bowl game. Um, who do you have and why? So first, before I before I get, uh, dive into this, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm. this is the only good thing about the COVID season to me, in my opinion, is that we just get like immediate bowl games. Like right after Selection Sunday, we get these bowl games. So oh, Appalachian- and – Appalachian State is a 21-point favorite. North Texas has a losing record this year. Yeah, and see, that's also fun is that we just get every – because there's no qualifications for bowl games this season. We just get all kind of stuff. Like, we get all kind of – like, Houston's playing Hawaii, and they're both – like, Hawaii's 4-4, four and four, Houston's 3-4. and four, So, uh, we get into that. Appalachian State's going to win this game, though. I mean, I don't – they're a good team. They're a really good team. Um, I know this probably doesn't matter, but they've already – I think they've already played at, at Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Um, this season so they're used to that stadium is it's the teal turf um yep. north texas i they're not a bad team if you've actually watched them this season they i understand they're they have a losing record but they've played better this year than they have in the past however long um so I, i'm still going with app state in this one i think app state wins big yeah i have app state big i mean the, the spread might not even cover it yeah. Zach, Zach Thomas is a monster. Cameron Peoples is a monster on the ground. This App State team is legit. 
It's going to be raining. It's going to be dirty. I think they're going to push North Texas all around the teal turf. I don't even have this one being closed, Brandon. Not not even in the slightest. I mean, the over-under 65, Appalachian State might score 65. That's true. It's going to be ugly. But we're going to move to one of my favorite bowls, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Brandon. Great name. And it's a snow game, Boise, Idaho. Tulane versus Nevada. Who do you have here and why? Well, I, obviously, I have Tulane here. Um, how could I not? I, honestly, I mean, I get it. They're six and five. Nevada's six and two. Um, Tulane, Tulane's still the favorite, though. That's weird. Yep. Okay. Um, they play in a tougher conference, arguably. I don't, I don't think that's a doubt. I mean, uh, I, I just think Tulane's a better team here. I mean, I don't really, there's no rhyme or reason for this one. I, I just think that they're the better team. And he's, you know, a homer and always. Oh, well, takes. I don't know about probably. He's a homer. He don't let him fool y'all. I'm telling y'all. Y'all listen to this podcast. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm an LSU fan, a Tulane fan. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a Wisconsin Utah fan. fan. Well, that's not home, but yeah. A <laughs> fan somehow. Yeah, it, it, it's a bad look for Brandon. He, he always, he always just goes with his heart. That's why he can't win pick six. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, bro. I didn't have you to call you out on that. You didn't have to do that. Yeah, rude. final records will be going up tomorrow, so oh, I, I'm kind of excited. I might even post a picture of myself with the trophy. That's not final <laughs> records. We have to go through bowl season. Bowl, bowl season is separate, just like we did last year. Oh, I didn't. Uh, okay, sorry. I thought we had it Tough. combined. Uh, I won Tough. both last year, though. No, you did not. You lost Crap. bowl season. Dang. Now I got to win bowl season this year. Yeah, you got to redeem yourself. But I, I'll help you out a little bit here. I got Nevada here. I think I think playing up in the snow, up, up in – where is this Idaho up in Idaho? It's I think Nevada. Yeah, it's in Boise. So, Oh, two cool turf games in a row is what we're getting. What a, what a start. Yeah. The bowl season. Let's, let's, let's go there. But yeah, I think Carson Strong's the better quarterback. I think Romeo Dobbs is the better wide receiver. I think, I think Nevada arguably probably has the better offense and the better defense here. I know they don't play in as hard of a conference, but their losses are to Hawaii on the island and San Jose State, who is undefeated. Right. Pretty good losses. I have Nevada in a close one here, guys. Uh, I think they win by three to seven. One score game is going to be close all game, but Nevada pulls this one out. And another bowl game, the roofclaim.com <laughs> Boca Raton Bowl. UCF BYU, what a matchup here, man! BYU is a six and a half point favorite. Brandon, who do you have and why? People forget I'm also a UCF fan, um, maybe. So <laughs> I'm gonna go. I actually, I legitimately think that that UCF's going to win this game. Um, that's not like a oh, Brandon sticks. <laughs> no, this is. I legitimately think that that UCF's the better team here. Um, they're staying in state for this game. This one's in Florida. It's in Boca Raton. Um, yeah, BYU's 10 and one, whatever. Um, if you've watched UCF play this season, they haven't had like a really bad loss. They lost by three to Cincinnati. Um, uh, I guess their worst loss was against Tulsa and they lost by eight. I mean, that their largest margin of, of loss is, is eight points. And that's to a Tulsa team that almost beat Cincinnati as well. Um, if I'm you guys, if I'm if I'm listening to this podcast right now, and I know that my gambling picks suck right now, I know they do. I get that. So if you don't follow me, I don't blame you. <laughs> but take the over, take that seventy-one and a half. I mean, that's the easiest money I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's that's a good bet. The over is a, a tough one. I'm taking BYU though, Brandon. 
I, I think this UCF defense has a lot of problems. They're giving up almost 500 yards per game. And BYU's putting up just as many stats as UCF on offense. I think Zach Wilson's the better quarterback here. I think Tyler Algar is the better running back. The BYU is more, I guess, consistent on offense, in my opinion. I, I, th- I think BYU has the better team, Brandon. Their only losses to Coastal Carolina on the road. I know that's a tough one, but Coastal Carolina's undefeated. UCF plays in a tougher conference, but I think BYU is going to be motivated to complete their season. And I got BYU in a close one, but a high score one. I mean, I don't, I don't know if either team will not it will score under fifty points. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's going to be a big one. But guys, two more bowl games before, and then we're going to highlight the rest of the bowl games on our other episode, or at least the first half of these. So we drop an episode on Christmas Eve for y'all. What a Christmas present! A hey, Blue Bloods Bowl episode on Christmas Eve, but. We have the R and L Carriers Bowl, Carriers New Orleans Bowl. My bad. I forgot to put the New Orleans in there. But we have a home state team in Louisiana Tech facing Georgia Southern, Brandon. And Georgia Southern is the six-point favorite. Are you taking the home state team or are you going with the visitors, Georgia Southern? No. So uh, contrast to popular belief, um, Louisiana Tech is not actually in Louisiana. It's, uh, it's That's actually southern Arkansas is where Ruston is. It's basically it's just Shreveport. It's in Louisiana, but it shouldn't be. Um, I'm not a Louisiana <laughs> Tech fan. I, 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 I know I went to Southern Miss for a semester, so don't hold that against me. But I hate Louisiana Tech. I just do. I simply do. Um, Georgia Southern, I'm going with my heart here. I got to go Georgia Southern on this one. Um, I, and I also legitimately think there's a better team here. So, yeah, Georgia Southern. Yeah, both these teams are struggling. Uh, Georgia Southern's lost, what? Three out of their last four, they lost to Appalachian State, Georgia State Army. They beat FAU, which I guess that's all right. Louisiana Tech, they lost to TCU. They lost to UT, uh, University of Texas San Antonio, lost to Marshall. These teams are both struggling, but I think Georgia Southern has the better offense. They definitely have the better defense. This Louisiana Tech defense is horrible. But I think the running game and that triple option attack of Georgia Southern is almost impossible to stop, especially when you don't have as much time to prepare for it in this weird COVID-type season. I have Georgia Southern. I think they win by two or three scores, Brandon. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And the final one, this one, this one we might have to go to, Brandon. We, we, we all have to find a way up there. The, the Crampton Bowl, Montgomery Bowl, Memphis, Florida Atlantic, Brandon. Memphis is a big favorite at almost nine and a half, ten points. Do you have the Tigers or do you think the Owls can pull off the upset? Wait, who's the sponsor for this one? Uh, Crampton. What? It's, it's, Crampton just, Bowl. it's just the Montgomery Bowl, but it's Crampton's the, the stadium. So there's no, <laughs> oh, so there's no sponsor. No, that's, it's just that's uh, intriguing. The, the city of Montgomery is sponsoring this. <laughs> it's like the old Mobile Bowl. You know, yeah. like in, in the 90s. Um, how much does it cost to sponsor a bowl? Because I mean, the Blue Bloods Montgomery the Bowl. The Blue Bloods Bowl? That would be, that'd Blue be something. Blue Bloods Montgomery Bowl. Whew. Listen, listen, the Blue Bloods Bowl has to be a New Year's Six Bowl. Well, we, we got to start small. That's why we're starting at That's Crampton, fine. That's fine. Like That's Crampton fine. Bowl. <laughs> but, That's fine. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my heart, and I'm going to stick with what I know. I don't like change. Everyone knows that. So I'm going to go with Memphis because they're still a New Year's Six team, in my opinion. <laughs> and Memphis is going to kill FAU. FAU's lost. F- FAU last, what, two weeks ago, Brandon, lost to, lost to Southern, Southern Miss. Miss. 
45-31. They lost to Georgia Southern 20-3. to And they their offense is very consistent. They're missing Lane Kiffin down there. Their defense isn't very good. Memphis is going to score a million. Take the over. The over is 50 and a half. I'll be shocked if Memphis doesn't score that. Brandon, I, I have can't score though. They can't. I don't know. I don't know, man. They, they scored not. 10 on Western Kentucky. I think they scored I want to they scored 10 on Southern Miss too. Score 31 cuz y'all suck, oh. but Oh, okay. Whatever. Y'all are trash. Y'all are trash. So listen, my lock of the week, 50 and a half in the Montgomery Bowl. Memphis is going to score 50. Memphis blows out Florida Atlantic the 23rd, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Absolutely. It's not even close, guys. Brady White's going to eat. The Florida Atlantic's quarterback, their leading passer, has five touchdowns and two interceptions. <laughs> Yikes. That's tough. That's a bad look. Very bad, yeah. That's a real bad look. But, guys, that is a wrap on this episode. And, man, what a weekend of football it was. But we will be back. We're dropping a new episode Thursday, Christmas Eve, like I said. Nice little Christmas present for y'all. We might even be releasing some extra episodes to try to get in all these bowl games like we did last year, man. They are all over the place with COVID. We had a bunch canceled. I know that breaks everybody's heart. We're going to cover them all here. We're going to recap them all here. So just tune in for that. Find us on Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods. Find us on Facebook at the Blue Bloods pod. Um, Twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods go like subscribe rate the podcast wherever you listen we are literally available everywhere YouTube the blue blood CFB podcast our website the blue guys make sure to tune in tell everybody tell your whole family on Christmas man y'all have a good holidays but we'll be back soon but for right now we out